Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's Word to which we draw our attention this morning is our epistle reading for today from Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. Please rise as we hear the beginning portion of that text. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to take a stand on the evil day and after you have done everything to stand. Stand then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness fastened in place, and with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace tied to your feet like sandals. At all times, hold up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Also take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is God's word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. I seriously doubt that when you shuffled out of bed this morning that you were ready for a fight. Now, I'm not talking about a possible disagreement between you and your spouse because, well, you left a bunch of dirty clothes all over the floor the night before. I'm not talking about uh, an annoyance with your roommate because maybe they came in really late and, and woke you up. I'm not talking about that discussion that you were planning to have with your child about taking more responsibility. I'm talking about an actual fight, a knockdown, drag-out fight. Not one that you're, that you're going to get maybe a few bumps and bruises from, but one that could cause serious injury, even death. I'm really talking about a battle. Now, if we were soldiers in the military... In, in a particular hot zone in the world, well, maybe we would wake up every day thinking about a fight, a battle. Maybe we would wonder, is this the day that, that a bullet is going to find me? Is this the day that my vehicle is going to get blown up? Is this the day that, that we're going to get attacked by suicide bombers? But we're pretty safe, right? I mean, here we are in a relatively small town in central Iowa. I don't think we're on any terrorist group watch list of places that that are targeted by them. I don't think that that some foreign power has Ames, Iowa on its list of places that they want to bomb first if they go to take over our country. Now I'm not trying to alarm anyone as if we all need to be paranoid about being in a battle which may lead our death. But in this passage from Ephesians that, that we're looking at, Paul makes it very clear that we are involved in a battle every single day. 
But it's a battle for which we are thoroughly prepared. Paul makes it clear the battle that we're in is not a physical one, but it is a spiritual one. It's against the rulers, the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This battle that we fight is a real battle. It's a battle that we fight every day. So are you ready? Are you ready for this battle? Well, armed with the Lord's strength, with his power, you are prepared. Now wait, am I? Maybe that thought goes through your head. Maybe you're feeling like you're not that spiritually fit, much less at the, at the peak of spiritual fitness. Oh sure, there are days when you feel pretty strong about your faith, days that, that you don't feel those temptations coming at you maybe so fast and furious when coming to church or reading your Bible is, is a joy and not a chore, something that you, that you want to do, not something that you have to do. But there are probably quite a few days when you don't feel, well, that great about your faith, not so spiritually fit. Sure, you come to church, but is it because it's just something that you do? It's more of a habit? Something that, that you're going to feel guilty about if you don't? Something that maybe you're made to do? You know, you should be speaking in love to your friend who is going through some sort of a crisis, but you just can't help but feel annoyed by them, and you end up saying something to them that's, that tears them down instead. In terms of being a child of God, there are times we feel pretty weak, pretty sinful. And that's when you need to think about yourself, not according to how you feel, but according to who you are. When Paul tells you, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, he's not telling you that you have to dig deep and and muster up that strength and power from within yourself to be able to overcome temptation, to be able to live like a Christian should. He's telling you that because you are one of God's children, you have his power, his strength. And not only that, you have what you need to fight against the temptations that come at you every day. Before we look at a few of the details that that Paul enumerates in this text, let's think more in general terms. Maybe you've seen a movie like Braveheart or Gladiator, where you've got all of these soldiers that that are fighting against each other old school time, and And you think to yourself, boy, what I couldn't have done if I had been there and I had a tank. Well, maybe you don't think that way. I don't know, maybe it's a guy thing to think that way. But put that picture in your mind for just a moment. Here you're surrounded by all of these soldiers. They're yelling and screaming. They're fighting against each other with bows and arrows and swords and spears. But you're in a tank. There is nothing that's going to be able to harm you. You are surrounded by literally tons of armor. You are completely safe and protected. 
And when it comes to fighting the spiritual battles that you have to fight every day, you are in a tank. Consider how the Lord equips you. Paul says you have the belt of truth buckled around your waist. This is the truth that comes only from God, the truth that defeats all of the devil's lies. You have the breastplate of righteousness fastened in place. This is the righteousness, the the good standing with God that Jesus won for you by his life and his death. You have that perfect standing with God because of what Jesus has done. You have the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You're willing and eager to do whatever you need to do to fight against your evil foes because you have God's peace within you. You have the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. God's gift of faith, trust in your Savior, Jesus, keeps the devil from harming you in any meaningful way. Whatever he shoots at you, you have the defense that you need. You have the helmet of salvation. The fact that God has saved you eternally protects you just like a a helmet protects your head. You have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is really the only offensive, offensive weapon that you have to fight against the devil and his allies. But what more do you need? It's as we just sang in a mighty fortress. One little word, God's word, will fell him, will defeat the devil. And finally, you have prayer. Paul says, at every opportunity, pray in the spirit with every kind of prayer and petition. We ask God in our prayers to help us in our fight against temptation, to protect us from the devil's attacks. And God answers our prayers. He never fails to protect us with his might, with his strength. Now granted, that's a very quick look at all of these, all of these pieces of equipment, these pieces of armor that God protects us with. Compared to your enemies, though, you are in a tank compared to whatever they throw at you. You're prepared for daily battle. And as I've already mentioned, these enemies that are coming at you, they're not physical enemies. Your battle is against the devil and all sorts of evil. Again, we have all sorts of temptation pointed at us every single day. The devil never tries or he never gives up trying to get us to give in. It's really even hard to count all of the ways that the devil might tempt us. Think about just a few examples. Think about, think about the, the movies or the shows that you watch. How many times do those things that we watch on our screens, how many times do they actually promote Christian values? We could probably compare what we see there to the values promoted in the Ten Commandments and see how far short they fall. Think about it. Worshiping other gods? Well, whatever you want to make number one in your life, that's okay. Adultery? Ah, you've got to be kidding. Being faithful to your spouse, well, that's such a, a passe idea. Murder? Well, vengeful anger is, is productive and cathartic. Stealing? 
well, that company that you work for that it's, takes advantage of you so much, well, they deserve to have you take something from them. And the list could go on and on and on. And what's worse, temptations to sin don't just come at us from the outside. They also come from within. That old Adam, the sinful nature that's in us, goes right along with everything that the devil throws at us. That little voice inside your head that that tells you that all of these temptations are okay, yeah, that is the old Adam. We might hear that voice saying, well, it's just this once. It's not going to hurt me to give in just this once. Or maybe God wants me to enjoy life, right? I mean, a little bit of sin is not going to hurt. Or, you know, just by committing this one sin doesn't mean that I'm going straight to hell. The old Adam in us is also very good at coming up with other ways to steer us into sin. I don't know what's in your mind and in your heart. But I know what's in mine. And I'd say that you would be shocked to hear the things that I have in my mind, but I don't think that would be true. The sinful thoughts that that bounce around in your head, they're just as bad as the ones that, that bounce around in my head. Maybe it's something that you've struggled against for as long as you can remember. Maybe it's something that you've, you've tried to squelch, but you've just been unsuccessful. Maybe it's something that makes you think that if others knew what was going on inside of your head, that, that they would just be totally disgusted and, and disappointed in you. Maybe you feel like one of the devil's flaming arrows has actually pierced through your armor, and it's ready to take you down. The good news is that the devil and all of his allies, not just the old Adam, but as Paul says, the rulers, the authorities, the world rulers of this darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, they've already been defeated. Sure, they continue to fight hard against us every day, but they are defeated. They're done. They're toast. The battles happen every day, but the war has already been decided. The war has already been won. And Jesus is the one who won the war for us. Think about when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. For 40 days he was tempted time after time. For 40 days, the devil threw everything that he could at Jesus, trying to get him to sin. But no dice. Jesus fought back. He fought back with the sword of the Spirit, and he won every time. But Jesus wasn't just tempted during that relatively short period of time, short compared to the, to the 33 years that he carried out his ministry. The writer of the Hebrews tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Isn't that amazing? Not necessarily the without sin part. We, we kind of understand that, take that as a given. But Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are. 
Does this mean that Jesus was tempted to now fill in the blank with whatever your pet sin is? Yes, he was. And yet he didn't give in, not once. That flaming arrow of the devil was extinguished. Why? Jesus needed to live a perfect life so that he could offer that life as a perfect offering to God. When Jesus went to the cross, he had to be offering to God a sacrifice, his own self, a sacrifice that was completely perfect. That was God's way of doing things, even from Old Testament times. The sacrifices had to be perfect, without blemish. Jesus needed to live a perfect life also, so that that life could be credited to you. Think of it like this, uh, that it's a perfectly clean white set of clothes that's given to you when God makes you his child. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see your filthy, disgusting, sinful life. He only sees the perfect life of his son, the perfect life of Jesus, our Savior. No sin, no defect. Now the ultimate defeat of the devil came after Jesus had died. Indeed, Jesus didn't stay dead. If he had, well then the devil would have won. The the devil has as his primary weapon death. But Jesus defeated death. Using the power that only he has, using divine power, he rose from the dead. He tore off the chains of death. He came to life again. And by his resurrection, he defeated the devil for good, for our good. Because as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And if he is the first fruits, that means that there is more fruit to come. And we are among that fruit. So you see, when God made you alive, when he brought you to believe in Jesus for salvation, he made you ready for battle. How? Well, he gave you everything that you need to fight against the devil and his allies. He gave you the full armor of God that makes you perpetually ready for battle every day. It's interesting that most of the the weapons, as we would say, really are defenses that Paul lists here. Armor to protect our body, including a, a breastplate and a helmet to protect our most vulnerable spots. But again, there is that one weapon, that offensive weapon that he gives us, the spirit, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. With that weapon, you can go on the offensive against the devil, against all of his attacks. You're on the offensive right now as you sit here in church listening to God's word. You're on the offensive every time you you partake of the Lord's body and blood in his supper, his word in visible form. You're on the offensive every time that you read the Bible. Whenever you use God's word, he strengthens you in your faith. He makes you Stronger, so that you can resist whatever the devil throws your way. As Paul began this passage from Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
You are prepared for whatever the devil throws your way because you have the power of the Lord. Amen.